You're listening to episode 127 of Alexa in Canada, the voice experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to episode 127. This is a really fun episode, a very different episode, because this one was actually recorded live on May 19th. And if you're listening to this on May 20th, that's the day that it is coming out. And we did this specifically because it is all about live audio on Lexi. I am chatting with my good friend, Ian Utili, the founder and CEO of Attention Live, and he has created an amazing platform. And we get into that. We talk about his vision of the future, uh, and it's optimistic, which is really, really nice to hear. Um, And finally, we talk about my event that is happening May 20th at 8 o'clock Eastern or 5 o'clock Pacific, thevoiceden.com. And we talk a little bit about that at the end. Uh, You'll hear, I'm not going to set up too much more because uh, we set it up as we start this live podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, You'll see Ian's an amazing guy. And uh, I think you have a lot, uh, a lot to get out of this one. So without any further ado, let's get right to it. Here is Ian Utili. Hello, and welcome to this really fun episode of the Alexa and Canada podcast. I'm Terry Fisher, and we are doing something a little different this time around. This is a first for Alexa and Canada. We are doing a live podcast, and we couldn't have a better person to be talking about doing live podcasting than Ian Utili, who is my guest here, my buddy, my friend, and Ian is an incredible guy, as you will hear. So, um, Ian. Hello, welcome to the Election Canada podcast, first of all. I'm so happy to be here. I love your podcast. I was listening to your podcast for probably a year before I ever had the chance to meet the legendary Dr. <laughs> Terry Fisher at the Alexa conference. <laughs> that was fun. And little did I know when we were meeting there that here we would be, however long, however much time had passed, and yeah. here we are, and we're chatting about all kinds of fascinating things when it comes to voice technology and, yeah. and the future. And audio, and we're going to get into all that stuff. Yes. You've been on my Voice First Health podcast before. Some people may have heard that, and we talked about um, healthcare and the future of how voice is going to impact that. We had a wonderful discussion. And I wonder if we could get into a little bit of that today. That was a little while back anyway, and things change and evolve. And let's talk a little bit about your background. I know that uh, you are um, a futurist, and I'd love to hear how that plays into a little bit of your background, first of all. Yeah, well, I mean, there's two types of futurists. There's scientists, look at history, objectively, look at the present, predict the future. That's not the kind of futurist I am. There's futurists that have ideas, want to build things, right? They imagine a better future and what could be, and they gather people together that will come into agreement with them. And then they say, let's like all take a risk and build this thing together. And that is the type of entrepreneurial futurist. You know, I try to imagine how things could be better. So, I mean, I think... Part of that is natural and part of that is cultivated. You know, part of it is a muscle that you develop over time. Sure. But I sure love the future. I'm excited about the future. I'm very optimistic. I feel very uh, hopeful for humanity and for all the cool stuff that we've been creating together and the way that I believe it's coming together uh, 
to multiply each other's impact to help us even further. So I feel good about it. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, before we get into some of your visions of the future, why don't I get you to, first of all, tell the listeners a little bit about your background so they get a sense of who you are, um, what your experiences have been thus far, and then we're going to get into kind of what you're working on and your visions for the future. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm 39 years old, and uh, so I remember the whole experience of modern media and technology, right? Pagers came out when I was in junior high, I got my first computer in college. Both my parents never had a job, both entrepreneurs. My dad ultimately a home builder, my mom a real estate agent. So they never had a boss, never had a partner. I never had a job. So in my 20 plus year career in tech, I've never really had like a traditional nine to five employment. Um, and so I built things, you know, I started like doing things, creating things, making things at a young age and uh, failing a lot, and, but finding mentors. And so, you know, if there's one thing that is probably most important about me. It is that I have dedicated myself to listening to people of wisdom, developing relationship with them, and then trusting and, and implementing what we've come to agreement on. Um, and so that is, uh, you know, probably the big thing that's the common thread through my life right? Seeking the wisdom of others. I never had a boss. I never had a boss tell me what to do. I never went really very far in sports. So I never had like a coach that was like with me for a long time. So, you know, I had to go kind of patch together my education. I'm an uneducated man. <laughs> I went to community college for five years. I got about one year done. That's how good I am at school. Uh, I just learned. Uh, at one point I used to read like a book every week. <laughs> I used to listen to five six, seven motivational tapes a day. It's one reason why I'm, you know, charismatic. You pick these things up as you absorb them over time. Sure. Uh, but non-traditional education, uh, probably a non-traditional upbringing, right? Being that my, both my parents, like there's no grid whatsoever in our family for traditional employment and things of that nature. It's always been just creating things and making value in the market and figuring out how you can do it in such a way that you can be compensated uh, and take care of your family and thrive, etc. That's wonderful. No, that's really, that, that's interesting. I didn't know some of that background myself. So that's very, very interesting to hear. And it actually explains a lot why you're so progressive in your thoughts and, 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 and innovative, I think is the word I'm looking for. So it's wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about this, some of your future visions. And I know you always um, relate this to movies that are out there versus the Jetsons. Right. Can you speak a little bit about that and your thoughts on the future and where we're going and how voice technology plays into that? Absolutely. So we as humanity are most likely to benefit from machine learning, which we call artificial intelligence, uh, voice technology, which is the interface by which a human can connect with that operating system, that machine learning, that AI, right? The Amazon Alexa, the Google Assistant. And so if you look at history, which is the best way to predict the future, right? There are, none of us are Nostradamus and things, right? A lot of future prediction is really predicated on understanding what's been, how it got there, why we're here, and then understanding the market and the complexities and then say, oh, this is probably the direction and then hedge bets on it and build right toward that. But based on past, we're likely to see these things radically benefit humans. But it is so uh, logical 
that these things will end for our good, right? And I think the pandemic is a big wake-up call. I think it's a big wake-up call to be like, you know, we are obsessed over the Skynet from Terminator. And, and, and then we, we begin to play these things out in our mind, like, but what if it does turn out like Altered Carbon? Or what if it does turn out like Upload? What if it does turn out like that one Black Mirror show? Like, but what if? And so these what ifs are uh, common to what our ancestors had thought for the last several millennia, okay? For millennia, our ancestors have always kind of grappled a hold of these ancient thoughts of the Armageddon and the mm -hmm. what ifs. And the what ifs, but what if that is the, the four horsemen? And, but what if that is the, you know, antichrist? And, and this type of stuff has transitioned from kind of for, folklore and, or sacred scriptures, right? For several different faiths kind of can share that commonality around an Armageddon type of thing, a new world type of thing. So for millennia, humans have had this biological thing of predicting a horrendous future. Mm -hmm. It makes it easy for media because when a media company or a director or producer or an actor plays something that is just absolutely dystopic, it does some things to us biologically. It fires mm -hmm. off all kinds of chemicals in our body. And it's why we binge watch and watch all of the episodes at once because it's so escapism, entertaining, it's uh, frightening, adrenaline pumping. Oh, and then, and, but then you start to marinate. Right, and it wouldn't mm. be. And I feel like I bring up the Jetsons a lot because the Jetsons are a situation where the future casting was done at a time post World War II, kind of pre hippie love and uh, kind of the whole music, which I love. I mean, obviously that's a great time, but it was that gap and the thoughts were Star Trek right? It was kind of birthed from that, those creators and Jetsons. And it was kind of like, where could we go? What could we be? What could we be doing? And that is lost today for the most part, because even things like her with Joaquin Phoenix, you know, he falls in love with his phone. And ultimately, even though there was a lot of beauty to the whole thing, there was a lot of dystopia around like this thing that is not based in reality, right? right. Nobody's ever fallen in love with their phone. We don't fall in right. love with our computers. Uh, we didn't fall in love with our cars, you know, like, so for us to think that we're going to fall in love with it because it's a machine learning or it starts to communicate with us in a relatable, emotional, maybe people even say spiritual way, mm -hmm. it, it still doesn't mean we're going to transition from loving one another to loving inanimate objects even if they do interact with us, because they're tools, right? right? Like a hammer, nobody, nobody ever fell in love with a hammer when they figured out they could bang a nail into wood and build a house, right? Well, that's no. what we have our hands on. Voice technology is like the hammer, and you know, artificial intelligence is like the nail, right? And then the internet is like the wood, and now we have this voice tech that we can nail the machine learning into the internet and be able to communicate back and forth in a way, it's just a new tool, which is very fun. Yes. Yes, absolutely. No, well said. Absolutely. Which is a fantastic segue because uh, one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on the Alexa in Canada podcast, in addition to chatting with you, which is always an absolute pleasure and hearing your thoughts, is that you have created something over the last couple of years now, which is groundbreaking in terms of voice technology. And obviously, Alexa is tied into voice technology. Voice technology 
very much so. And your platform leverages some of that. So I don't want to, as, as Pete Erickson said, when you were on their live podcast, I don't want to steal your thunder. I want to let you to describe what it is that you have created, because I think this is absolutely incredible. And I've seen it firsthand. And I won't say anymore. You go ahead. You, you share with the audience what's going on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Terry. Thank you to all the friends that I have uh, that have been very, very kind. I mean, I think the clear thing I'm getting from you and from our friends and our peers is that this is a very wonderful community. People want each other to win and to succeed. I'm very grateful for that. Um, we have created something special at Attention Life. Uh, there's this thought process around creating things um, and innovating. And how do you how do you do this well? And um, and then how do you actually make decisions on how to build and how to go to market? There's a lot to it, right? And so for me and and my team, we've been working on this. Uh, lots of people working on it with us over the course of time for a couple of years. And and the thought was, how do I create something uh, that that fulfills some of my vision and some of the future thoughts of what could be like, how do I uh, build products that would fit perfectly in a Jetsons future or a Star Trek future? Like, how can I build things that are wonderful for people that allow people to teach and to learn and to promote and to communicate at scale uh, in ways they never have before? And so it, a lot of it came down to like the selfishness, right? Like, what do I need? <laughs> my friend, Justin Dillon wrote a book, you know, a selfish plan to change the world. You know, it has to start with you. You have to have a motivation you have to be driven. And so, and what I needed was I needed a, a way to communicate better. I needed to be able to have one thing, one object, right? So it didn't matter to me if, what, if it was a phone or a tablet or a computer, or it didn't have to be Apple or Windows or Samsung or Android. Like, anything was fine, but I wanted one place where I could just speak to through that, and that would be able to go everywhere, right? All the social media sites, the YouTubes, Facebooks, and Twitters, all the voice devices, of course, the uh, Amazon Lexi product, Google Assistant, Bixby, Cortana, Siri, right? I want to go everywhere. I want the archive to go to Spotify and iTunes. And so I started to imagine, and we're looking for software, we're trying to patch things together, we're trying different uh, methods of doing this uh, with professionals and professional hardware and software, and we just could never really find a way. And I start doing all these events and I'm trying to patch it together and basically trying to force, right, this system together and realizing it's not there. And so we started to create this system, the, the one place where you can go live everywhere as a creator. But that wasn't the only problem I was trying to solve. I also was trying to solve the problem of the consumer, you know, because you could have the Martin Luther King Jr. speech, but you realize that if there's no cameras and there is no audience, then the greatest speech will wouldn't have met that much because nobody was there to hear it. In fact, would he even have the state of flow that he was in without all the people around him? Was that really his speech and only his speech or was it their speech and it was caught, caught in a moment? And so it's not just about creating content, it's about the ability for the market to consume content. And so as a consumer, I've found myself feeling unsatisfied with yes. what's available to me right now, right? If I want to watch a video on YouTube, I can't do anything with my phone. It's eating up my bandwidth. And um, okay, so that I can pay for premium YouTube. Okay, well then I still can't really do other things with my phone and what if I just wanna listen? So there's all these things around consuming. And the same thing goes for all the other apps, right? There's some things that really are hitting the mark. Like obviously you think, see things like Spotify with audio and Netflix with video and like they 
hit the mark. Like they nailed it. They, and, they, and they're using machine learning. They're using a, the same exact systems that we are talking about with voice technology, machine learning, AI, but they're using it to figure out what people want, right? And so they're really nailing it, spot, right? So that's happening right now. But the consumers still aren't getting everything they want because consumers want to be able to listen or view the content that they want to on the platform they're already at. Right, so Terry, for you and I and some of our friends, that's the Amazon platform or the Google platform. For others, they live in Twitter, they live in Facebook, right? They only look at YouTube videos. And so I was trying to think through as a consumer of content and as a creator of content, like what is the thing that I need? And ultimately, I felt like it was what we have created now with Attention Live. So this is Attention Live. And so it's an app, it works on any phone. This is an iPhone. Uh, and then it just has the title and it has the description The there's some content that changes based on the day it is and how long I've been live and then uh, where I'm live at, you know? And so you can see the different parts that are turned on. And so uh, I can give you a demo of what this actually looks like in real time. Uh, Alexa, open Attention Live. Welcome to Attention Live. Tell me the name of the channel you'd like to stream. Ian Utility. Welcome to Attention Live. Tell me the name of the channel you'd like to stream. Ian Utility. Parts that are turned on. And so um, I can give you a demo of what this actually looks like in real time. Uh, Alexa, open Attention Live. Alexa, stop. Gosh, I love our products so much. It's amazing. It's like, I, just, I, I just sometimes what what happens inside me, Terry, when when I, when I use my product is I I become overwhelmed and I don't even I can't control it. It just <clears throat> that's what happens. That's <laughs> I my, love it. That's my sonic branding, by the way. <laughs> that's what you need. Getting <laughs> every time you start, that's what you got to do. And you know that's Ian. I just and and I I said this um, I think during one of our our. Um, videos that we've done a little while ago, like I, I hope the audience is recognizing what they, what they experience when they see you do that, because that's not possible. It wasn't possible until you guys did that. We're the, um, only, we're the only software in the world that you can live stream to Amazon's Lexi device in real time. As far as I know, for enterprise, for businesses or for consumers, there is no product available. In addition, I think we're the only product that can live stream to YouTube. Uh, with audio and we can put an image or a gif image over it if you want and we do that in real time and there's I mean, Maybe you could use the YouTube app. I, maybe there's a non-video option I don't know, but that's just inside YouTube. This does both the same But we're adding all the other social sites all the other voice devices and pretty soon You'll really be everywhere and you imagine what this is like for like uh, members of Congress. Okay, so 435 congressmen and congresswomen hired senators the presidency is up and so there's a lot of people fighting to be heard. And there's a lot of people fighting for the right information. It, the reality is everybody would prefer to just hear their candidate of choice, whether that be Trump or Biden or this new libertarian guy, right? For, for many people that are internet uh, folks that are, that are tuned into things like this. Maybe it was Tulsi Gabbard or Andrew Yang or in the past, Ron Paul, you got your person, you're Bernie Sanders, right? You got your person and you want to hear them. You don't want to read their tweets. You don't want to watch their super post-produced videos that were really probably done three months ago with just some new sound bites. Like if you could hear your person talking through the Lexi device, 
or through Siri, and you could just say, just open Andrew Yang. And you just hear his nonstop 24 seven stuff of his last live podcast. And then he can interrupt it scheduled. Everybody knows he goes live at 1030 AM Pacific or what, or just spontaneous. That's like a real powerful case use for what we've created, especially for this upcoming election. And so you think about the problem that we have with communications, fake news, this fake news, that, Deplatform this person, deplatform that person. Who makes the rules? Is this leaning right, leaning left? Like, and for us at Attention Live, we plan to approach our community completely differently. And so, one thing I don't talk a lot about in the voice circles, nor will I talk a lot about it right now, is our ability to decentralize a lot of what we do. And so, like, our community will be a decentralized, autonomous community. And so, that means that. Attention Live won't be the one that controls every single thing that happens in the community. We will decentralize the power structure of that community, of the creators and the consumers and the promoters, right? Because there's always that third element. They, maybe they don't create a lot, listen a lot, but they want to tell people the story, right? And we're going to decentralize that community. You see that with Steemit. Uh, you see that with you know, uh, other developments of people putting platforms together and basically putting the power back in the hand of a creator. Because Terry, if you and I have a viral video uh, on Facebook or YouTube or anywhere, and we get uh, 10 million views, and Facebook sells lots of advertising against it, and they uh, sell lots of data because of it, um, we benefit no nothing. There's no benefit. Nor are we actually connected to our audience. Facebook stands in the way. Uh, no disrespect to Facebook and other platforms, just the reality of a centralized technology company. Yeah, everything goes through them. And so if we can decentralize at least the community structure, now we open up the bridges. We, uh, a creator and a consumer don't have to go through Patreon. They don't have to go through uh, Facebook or YouTube. There don't have to be all these walls uh, separating those that actually are the artists, the creators, the teachers, and those that are the consumers and the learners and the thankful ones for the creation, right? And so can we decentralize and defragment and open these things up in the state of audio? And so that's also a big part of what drives me. It's not just voice as an interface because I believe in a decentralized future with voice first, uh, not touch first, right? I think touching screens and looking at screens is ultimately slow and dumb output, to be honest. And if you can speak and be heard, and never look or look at a screen or touch it, I think the output will be faster and smarter. And so that's huge for me, but also I'm concerned about government corruption, corporate corruption, and I think that a huge way to deal with that, and even our corporation, the ability for us to deal with it and hold us accountable is what if we decentralize things? Like, you know, we start decentralizing the content through tokens and giving the token ownership power back to the creator. So now, Terry, when you create your 800 flash briefings and it rolls through our system, you have tokens that say, I own this content. I can lease, license, trade, sell it, right? And it can have value. And we've talked a lot about that. And, you know, obviously there's a lot going into what we're trying to develop. What? Coming back to the beginning for the future. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I know you haven't spoken a lot about that. And um, recognizing this is the Alexa Canada podcast. But, but I, I, I think that part is so fascinating that I, I want to ask you one more question about that. So what you've just described is a system where people, <clears throat> excuse me, where people can create their content, stream it live to all these platforms, but now they can also have ownership, proven ownership of their content that they are producing. And 
that in itself has value. Is that a fair statement that I made there? Can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So we have ledgers. Okay, I was in the House of Lords. Let's make it real practical and very understandable. Why in the world is some voice technology, Silicon Valley tech guy, why is he talking about so many things, right? Because I mean, I hey, here's the cons- creators and the consumers, and we solved the problem and for both of them with live streaming. And now I'm like, ownership. Okay, so, but let me explain this very, very easily. I'm in the House of Lords recently. I'm walking with my friend, Lord Way. Everybody calls him Lord Way there, which I think is very <laughs> cool. I'm like, you're just a little L Lord. <laughs> Fair so, enough. My friend, and, and so we're walking through and he said, yeah, the huge fire happened several hundred years ago here. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's back when all ledgers were on wood. And so all the ledgers of the United Kingdom were literally carved into wood and the wooden pile caught on fire and their ledgers were burned and it burnt part of the House of Lords down. He said, that's when we transitioned to ink on paper, the new ledger. And then we, our society eventually transitioned to type ink on paper. Right. And then we right. transitioned to servers in our offices. And now we've transitioned to the cloud. Yes. Now, in that transition, one thing that hasn't changed is that houses still have deeds and there's still a bunch of middlemen that cause the ability to buy and sell a house very slow. I think it's the real estate industry, but that's a, it's a slow moving thing. And cars still have pink slips. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and not much has changed, even though we've seen ledgers radically change over time. And as we go to a more decentralized future, where everything is, uh, has the opportunity to be put on a decentralized ledger, right? And that means it's a distributed ledger with a third party, either a machine or a person or a combination, that verifies that what was put on the ledger is actually accurate and true and trustworthy. This will eliminate uh, the need for for, is this true? Is it honest? Is it trustworthy? Will I get what I paid for? Will I get paid for the service I just did? It will solve all of those issues, this new ledger. Now, because of this new ledger, we can track things that we've not been able to track in the past. Like we've done a fairly good job of track as culture of tracking music, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a great musician, you write a great song, maybe you passed away, right? You think of maybe, you know, there's people we could mention their names, right? And their family's getting paid because they wrote a song. So there's already a system for that, right? And there's the ASCAP and the BMIs and all the different licensing branches that are helping musicians and have. So there's all these old systems, ways of giving a deed for a house and a pink slip for a car and tracking royalties for music. So those things have stayed the same. And then you've seen ledgers change from wood to ink on paper, to typed on paper, to servers at your office or your home, to on the cloud, now on the phone. Now you don't even know where it is or who has it, but apparently everybody has it. Okay, so like that's where we're at as society. Now for creators. Right now with a creator, make something on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram uh, or makes the piece of content through a certain piece of hardware that they don't actually own. They don't own this hardware. They're basically paying for part of the hardware, part of the software, a lot of its licenses, right? It's a, it's a very complex situation. How many countless patents is this, you know, all those things. And so because of that, we've been thinking through how do we deal with ownership of content? Because the big problem with podcasting in general, not just live podcasting, is people don't make money. There's not a lot of Joe Rogans that are making a hundred grand an episode, right? 
Uh, there's not a lot of John Lee Dumas, uh, you know, his entrepreneur on fire out in Puerto yep. Rico. He yep. publishes all his numbers, nothing private. He makes, you know, millions of dollars from his podcast and he explains exactly how he does it. It's, he helped a lot of legendary people launch their podcast. And so he's a great example, but you know, here's the reality. There's not a lot of JLDs. There's not a lot of Rogans. And so a lot of people are creating a mass amount of content for free. They're listening to guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, as I think they should. They're implementing his uh, give everything away, give all your best content away, build a brand, build an audience. Don't ask a lot, right? Jab, 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 jab. How long can you hold on to that right hook? Because jab, 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 jab is how you actually build rapport and relationship. And he even talked about you basically guilt your audience into buying right. things like his shoes or whatever it may be. Right. So you have all these changes that are going on and you have all these different pressures for podcasters. And so they're creating content and they're creating social media and they don't make any money. So I think the pro way to solve this problem is that automatically we tokenize their content. That token says that when you have this token, it represents the ownership of the SRT transcription, which is what you said, and the AAC audio file, which is how you said it. And if we can give the content creator some sort of thing that verifies you own this, it's on the distributed ledger that says that you own it. So you have proof. And if, and we put it into a marketplace an NFT or a non-fungible tokens an ERC 721. These are all technical terms. I don't expect your audience to understand it, but in the future they will, right? Just like at one point you didn't understand car parts. At one point you didn't understand a lot of things that you learn over time as culture changes. And so sure. you will have this NFT in a marketplace that you can automatically make that for sale or for lease. And so maybe HarperCollins or Random House wants to uh, acquire the uh, lease license or just outright buy all of your content, uh, Terry, and then they can write books from it. Or maybe it's Fox or CNN that want to acquire something that you had on an episode because it's so special. They don't want anybody else to be able to use it. They want to have full, complete ownership. And imagine this gets resold. And so we've built a whole mathematic uh, system by which we are empowering the community to own their own content, to, uh, make money from that content in as automated way as possible. And we'll add uh, lots of these smart contracts, which allow us to basically create if this, then that scenarios. So as people create content, they say, Hey, it'd be great if this happened. Great. Let's institute this for the community. And it allows the community to basically help develop, um, a social media esque type experience around audio of sorts. It's not going to be because whatever you think social media is or was that started with Friendster and MySpace and has ended with LinkedIn and Facebook, et cetera, like it, that's not the future. I promise you. I, I, mm -hmm. I promise everybody you won't be like this in five years mm -hmm. or this or this. <laughs> right. Not going to happen. Right. Like right. these things are going away for sure. You know, I don't know if it's going to be a contact lens or a pair of glasses. I don't know if they're going to have some, I, I don't know how they're going to deliver the visual, but the visual will be number two. And number one is going to have that audio, right? Yeah. You know, you're going to want to hear and be understood. And you're going to want certain things to be whisper features and certain things to be open rooms. And those things will be developed and it'll be a completely different way that we interact in the future. And it'd be really nice for us to know that without ever having to touch a keyboard or anything, when we create content, it's there in our marketplace and we have the ability to automatically of sorts, depending on how far we get in our development of monetizing that content, which is what people need, right? The creator has to monetize their content or they're going to eventually stop. And the consumer needs them to monetize their content because they still want to consume what they want to create. 
Right. To be, everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants this machine to work. And so we're trying to create uh, the system by which it will work best with the technology we currently have available. Yeah. That's amazing. Just the way that the way this conversation has just evolved between us two right now, what I'm, what I hear, and I hope the listeners can recognize this as well. You have taken this brand new ability with voice technology. You have been able to take what I consider to be such an important part of voice technology, being able to get a message out. And you've taken that and you've put that together now with the distributed ledger blockchain, as some people may know it as, and now you've merged those two together in one product that is the future, going back to your vision of the future. And so we've kind of come full circle here, taking the voice, the ledger, the future, and it's for our, and it's such a positive thing that you're creating. So this is incredible. Um, I know that people are going to be listening to this and they're going to be saying, all right, what are next steps? Because I want to get on this thing. And where are they at? And what's the company doing now? So what, what can you tell them now is practically like, wh where are you at? How can people access it? What's going on? Where are you at? That's a great question. You know, um, because of what we're doing is so unique, so ambitious, we're creating a category that doesn't exist, live podcasting. Uh, I approached uh, our go-to-market strategy differently than I had ever approached anything or I'd seen anybody really approach it. You know, in that I said, I'm going to just go interview every single important person I possibly can in the voice tech and in the blockchain world. So I've interviewed approximately 200 leaders in voice tech, approximately 150 in blockchain. I've led uh, dozens of events. I've helped co-produce a dozen or more events. Um, I've created thousands of hours of content. This was a very unique way to go about developing the company right? Because I realized that I needed the wisdom and the insights of these two industries. I knew the future included voice technology and the, and the distributed decentralized approach to technology. Because you have to have the distributed ledger and this blockchain function to hold machine learning accountable. Like you need that for the world, but you need voice tech so that humans can interact with machine learning. So it's, it's all going to be run by machine learning and computers and artificial intelligence, whatever you want to call it, but you need the distributed ledger to hold it all accountable, anchor it. You need voice tech for humans. And so I would say like when people show interest, like how can I get on the platform? Um, I can't give any hard dates because I've gone about developing this so differently. Like I could onboard probably 20,000 people right now, like our servers, like we could handle that. We could, pro you know, there's no guarantees, but we feel comfortable. And with some more uh, development and some more, uh, you know, things put together and make sure we shore things up, we could definitely onboard millions of people to be creators and consumers. Now, because of our ambition of having half the world on the platform, we only get to launch publicly to the world once. Right now we could of course relaunch and I'm always happy to ship before it's ready <laughs> to a certain extent, as long as I feel like it's a respectful shipment, right? I would want to receive that on the other side. And so I have to say like, okay, may not be perfect, but it's ready for us to bring on like Terry, you're my friends, right? I'm talking to JP and Carrie and others that are kind of peers that are creating lots of content and, and important in this, in this industry of voice tech and saying, I want to get you the, you access ASAP and we have a beta list that continues to grow every day by lots of people that are saying we want access. And so as soon as I know how we're going to go about going forward to the market, we'll make that available. 
And we, we, we really want to, because we want the market to tell us what they like. Uh, but one of the ways that we're going to go about doing this is most likely to have some very large enterprise clients that allow us to push the limits of what live podcasting can be because the, uh, the, the requests they'll have, uh, the expectations they'll have, and the demands that they will make will hold us to such a high account that we will have the ability to rise to the occasion and stretch the limits and the boundaries of what live podcasting can be for the whole world when we go to market, have, hoping that 4 billion people use our platform in a decade, like that type of ambition around, hey, we can do it centralized and it's voice like this can happen. But before we get there, all those important building blocks are so vital. And so one of those building blocks is to make sure that what we go to the market with is really something that we say, this is it, we can build on this. And we could say that, like we could make that decision, but it's a big decision to make. And so right now I'm coming out like, you know, today, tomorrow, Thursday, we have these kind of different events that I'm involved with. And I'm telling the world, like without being salesy, without being weird, just like, Hey, I'm here. I love the industry. I love, I like being involved with everybody and we're live streaming right now to attention. You want to see a demo, right? And this is a way for <laughs> to introduce it and like in a winsome way. So people can be like, wow, that's so cool. I've never seen anybody live stream to a voice device in real time. And he's talking about all these other things that he has ambition for. And I want the industry to want us to yeah. succeed. And it's yeah. not just me, right? I have my partner, Landrew, who's been with me 14 years. We've developed like a dozen companies together over that time. Uh, you know, obviously most of them weren't successful. <laughs> I know that's not, that's not good. Let's move on. Next thing, but we've had some success and which has been a grace. And then we have another half dozen people there with Landry and I that I've worked with for 80 years altogether. And so it's not just like my big idea. That's why I said, when you asked me in the very beginning about being a futurist, it was the very first thing I said, number one, a guy, with an idea, a vision, inspiration, hopefully not in concrete. All ideas should be pretty malleable so others people mm -hmm. can participate. And that guy, what does that guy do? Or gal? They go and they see, does anybody come into agreement and alignment with this, right? So the seven people that are part of Attention Life, I worked with them for 80 years and for across the seven of them. And for those 80 years, those seven folks have chosen to be in alignment with me on the future that I've been casting, right? So when we have coffee or a meal or we're hanging out or we're camping on vacation, doing something with our kids, when I'm with these humans and we're talking about ideas and I start talking about the idea of attention life and voice technology and decentralization and, the, and it, it starts to bubble and they're like, I'm in, I'm in, let's do this again. They was, Right. You know, it was brutal and painful and horrendous last time. Why not see if it can be better this time? I mean, you know, because it's hard. It's really hard to be an entrepreneur, everybody. Don't do it. Don't be an entrepreneur. Work for the government. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I did. Anyways, be a doctor like Terry, okay? Don't do this. Uh, <laughs> it's very hard. But I'm, I'm obviously a little kidding. But the, the point is, the first thing to be a futurist is to cast something clearly and gather people around you. And they validate, yes, let's run together. Let's multiply each other's efforts. Let one plus one be 11. What can we do? And so not only do I want the voice tech community, your Alexa in Canada community, the voice den, right? Inside voice podcast and Bradley and every, I don't want you to 
cheer me on in your heart and want us to build a great product and want to use our product. And wow, I'm so humbled and thankful like that you would even say the kind things and desire the access. But also it's not just me, right? Like I'm just making sure to express, it's like a big team. And our team, like we've been trying to win together for a long time and we've had some really cool wins. And this is something that if you cheer on, there's a good chance that we really can be successful and that your uh, encouragement does matter, right? And that your desire to use the product to validate that there's, a, that there's a real hunger for this does matter. So thank you, everybody. You, so oh, yeah, that. so good, so good. And I know you sort of touched on it there that one of the ways that you help to get the word out about it is to put out that positive energy and to help with other events. So I want to talk about that because you have been very instrumental in my event coming up, the voice Den. but just before we get to that, how can people contact you and how can people reach out to you if they want to um, get in touch with you? Yeah. You know, I think people, if they really want to get in touch with me, they need to have context right now, unless they're a close friend, right? <laughs> uh, they need to have context right now for what I'm doing. So it'd be really helpful for people to watch the last uh, we just did five minute videos every day for the last six days. That's what I tell people to do. Like go on Facebook and me and Terry, we've done five minute videos every day for the last six days, five days, like start there. Like, because if you contact me and you don't know me and I don't know you, you contact me and you don't have context for like what is going on outside of this one conversation. And then you, you're probably missing some pieces. Go to attention.live, A-T-T-N, Dot L I V E go to attention.live and there you can sign up for our beta list. So we know that you'd like to use the product. Uh, you can get a product demo. It's actually Dr. Terry Fisher, right? 34 <laughs> seconds of glory. I just caught him using the product. Very first time on first time I ever used it. Yeah. First user, first time using guys. We were holding back to let anybody in for a while. And so that is awesome. It has links to all the events that I'm doing with Terry and others on this site. Um, of course, you can contact me on social. I'm at I-A-N-U-T-I-L-E, Ian Utility, uh, everywhere on social. I, I've been on social before social was called social. <laughs> so I, I have like, you know, hundreds of old stale social media sites from back in the day floating around the internet, uh, different lives ago, I, I, you know, because you reinvent yourself as an entrepreneur over and over again. Right now I'm a panic. There you go. So it won't be hard for people to find you. Look, you yeah. Ian Utility. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, Ian so, also, honestly, if you really want to get a hold of me, you have to text me. 831-566-9692. It doesn't mean I'm going to respond to you, but I don't care. You can text me. Give it a shot because that's go. the way that everybody gets a hold of me. <laughs> Put it out there. The phone number's out there. The text hey, number's out I there. I can always All not right. respond. So you got to compel me. You got you to tell me why I should reach back out. That's, uh, that's right. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Well, I appreciate everything you're doing. And I think it's obvious. Uh, I think it's incredible. So congrats on everything that you're doing. I'm so excited. I'm very privileged, very honored to be able to have access to this, I have to say. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing around you with it more and more. So, just the right so. guy for us to be working on with this. You Wonderful. have a chance to impact a lot of people because your insight and your feedback to Landry and I and our team and the things that you are doing. Uh, you know, talking about like, hey, we do like this and, and your participation, all of it. I mean, who knows how important that is to me and Landry and our team? Who knows what a vacuum would be there in our company this last week if we hadn't got the product demo that we got on accident with you, if we hadn't done all these things together that we've chosen to do. 
And so I said that to Carrie too today when we, after we ended the podcast is like, Hey, I was on her ordinary people doing extraordinary things podcast, April 30th. I said a ton of things on that podcast about attention live that were true, but that were private. And after that, I'm like, Oh, like I, I kind of like said everything that I was like, that was private. I need to like finish now. So I, the next day I finished our invention disclosure. I finished our white paper. I finished our deck, put everything together. Like that was the end of a season. And then I had to get ready for the inside voice podcast today. And I told her, I'm like, you have no idea how many people you impact by inviting them on one or more of these podcasts. And the fact I was on your podcast, April 30th, like it broke something loose and caused a transition of my action to that season's now done. It is now time to move forward and tell the story. I have, I thought to myself, 19 days until Inside Voice podcast, I better get ready. And because I did that with her and I kind of opened up and then I had the next one, it made a huge impact. And same thing for yeah. you, like because you happened to ask for access and I caught that and then we did all these different things together and whatever comes from all of this um, attention that is being stirred up, like, just think about what an impact you're making on Attention Live, as I said, to Carrie. So that's the thing. Everybody works together. Uh, there is no lone ranger in this type of thing. Yeah. yeah, wonderful, wonderful. And along those lines, that's a great segue as well, because uh, I have been putting together this event, which is going to be uh, launching tomorrow. It depends when, depending on when you're listening to this. If you listen to it live, it's going to be launching tomorrow, Wednesday, May 20th, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. If you're listening to the podcast, which is going to come out on Wednesday, then the event is happening tonight. Um, but maybe I'll get you to just comment on that, Ian. So you knew about what I was doing. We talked a little bit about it. And you really have been incredible in terms of helping me to promote this. And maybe I'll, 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 you know, I'll turn it over to you and you can just comment a little bit about why you're doing this and what is the value to you and why, why be involved with, with, with this event, The Voice Den. Yeah, absolutely. So thevoiceden.com is where you should go to save your seat. Uh, you should join us. It's uh, $25 for premium access. What that means is that you get to actually be in the private space with the voice fluencers. You have a chance to be chosen and to be in the hot seat, be on the video, be on the live stream if you want to, and be able to talk to a couple of the voice fluencers. And so um, I want to motivate you, first of all, um, you know, like the great Indiana Jones said, every time you <laughs> Indiana. Trust me. <laughs> there you, you go. Do, don't you? We <laughs> work. That usually, Perry. That usually works. That's good. That That's usually good. Uh, so, trust me, it's worth the investment. Um, it will be very beneficial to you. You don't have a lot of places to go and have community at all, let alone this type of new community that Terry is being involved uh, developing. Now, why am I involved? Um, I'll be honest, you know, a lot of people have asked me uh, in different ways, what's your angle, Ian? A lot of people, a lot, like, because I invest a lot of money and a lot of time. I bring people to events. I don't ask for anything. I just go and I, I invest into the events with no apparent reason for it, except for Ian wants to interview people. <laughs> and so what's my angle? Well, I need the voice industry to be healthy. I need events to be thriving. So does Amazon uh, for Lexi, so does Google for Assistant and Samsung for Bixby and Microsoft for Cortana, and that's why they sponsor them. Well, I'm not a company that can do that yet, right? But right now, I need to help this be as big and successful as possible so that we have a platform to be able to uh, engage with the community. And so that's that's a really big thing, you know, for us is to be able to be involved with that. So when I saw the voice debt, 
I thought, oh, 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 this, this might actually be a dialogue and not a monologue. And I know that people are, even though they appreciate all of the uh, one-way communications that are coming from the screen, a person or several people, uh, to us. Like, for instance, John, uh, John K. from The Office, he has some good news. Okay, now that, that's a monologue, okay? Uh, but, but, you know, he did a wedding thing recently. Like, it tore my heart out. It was so <laughs> powerful. And I honestly, I, I prayed a prayer that went something like, wow, I'm so grateful for an outcome like that, that humanity chose that in the face of such a difficult situation. And so like, I love monologues, like yay, John K and family and friends and team that's doing some good news, yay, I, I love it. But it is a little bit exhausting to constantly be monologued through Netflix and YouTube and Facebook and everywhere. And so there is a desire for this dialogue. And so people have been having private dialogues on Zoom, but what about a, what about a semi-private dialogue, right? Uh, maybe even somewhat public, but not fully. So we're gonna live stream the event through YouTube and, and Alexa. And when we live stream the event, it will allow anybody to listen. And so we've I had- we were watching to uh, shopping Alexa, list. stop. That's why I call it Lexi all the time. And yeah. so what you, what you have is you have the ability to listen for free. And I think we've had like close to a thousand people attend, say attend, register, going, interested on all our event pages. Terry and I yeah. spun 27 event pages up because, you know, I'm testing the market. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while. You know, I'm just, just seeing where the people are at. We're, we're the party people yeah. are right now. Where do they sign up for events? So we're finding out where it is. And so as we've had these people, they can come for free. But I want people to actually come to the private access uh, to get access to the voice influencers, to interact with the community, because this is what Terry is creating. He's creating the after event drink, right? The after event coffee, the after event hang out by the fireplace, right? The one where everybody cuts loose and laughs a lot, right? Where you know that one thing is for sure, that you're going to be a little bit happier and a little bit more inspired an hour after the event starts than you were before it starts. Right. And even, uh, you know, if it, it's a big time, like it's an hour or it's a weird, it's a time that that's inconvenient. Like I would just say it's worth participating because sometimes it's important to show up not just for you, but for others. And that's part of back to the Martin Luther King Jr. speech. Again, if there was nobody there or if it's a very small group, would he have been in flow the way that he was? And in the same way, like we want our community, the voice tech community, the Alexa in Canada community, we want Terry and his five voice fluencer guests to be in flow. Alexa, stop. <laughs> we want them to be in flow. That's what we want. And part of that, if not just showing up so that you can enjoy the dialogue and be part of it, but that so you can just be part of the community that's creating this is also important. So, you know, my first commitment to Terry before I even said a word to him. I went on his site and I bought a ticket for 25 bucks. I don't have to buy a ticket for 25 bucks. I'd say, Terry, can I come? He'd say, oh yeah, man, I use code. <laughs> I think, I mean, maybe not, but you know, most likely. <laughs> well, I don't know. Right? <laughs> so the point is I valued it enough to pay my money to be part of the community. And then I said to Terry, hey, I got a couple ideas how we can get some attention for this. You wanna, you wanna play around and see what we can do. And that's how all these five and five videos kind of happened spontaneously. And we decided to do this live podcast for, Ale for <laughs> I don't want to say the word again, for <laughs> Alexi and I know. You, you know what I'm saying. So that's why I'm involved. I encourage people to be participants and, I, and, and to dialogue with us. And I think that every single month, this is gonna become more and more important. And I think Terry is creating something that's very vital for 
our community to actually be able to dialogue with one another. Thank you, Ian. That's, that's amazing. And, uh, I think I've said it, but I'll say it again publicly on the podcast. You've been an incredible um, friend and incredible uh, mentor as well with your ideas and sharing, sharing things that, that making suggestions to me and I can take them or leave them, but you just, you just give, give with nothing in uh, no expectation in return. And uh, I really appreciate that. Um, so for everything that you've done, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So it says a lot for who you are. So um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, I think uh, this has been a wonderful podcast episode. I'm looking forward to sharing this with the community tomorrow. So um, thank you, Ian, for your time. Thank you for everything. And uh, again, everybody, make sure that you are checking out thevoicedin.com. But even more importantly, go over to Attention Live and look up Ian and check out what he's doing because uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more from, from him and his company coming up here in the next little while. So thanks, Ian. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Thanks for your attention. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. It's absolutely incredible what Ian is producing. Um, As you heard, I do have access to this platform and I will certainly let you know when I start to be using it on a more regular basis and when I'm able to broadcast live to all of you, Northern Voice. I'm so excited to be able to do that and it's another way for, for us to stay in touch with each other. So thank you again. Please check out Ian's website, ATTN.live as well. Make sure to check out thevoiceden.com. I hope to see you there today. If you're listening to listening to this on Wednesday, May 20th, we begin at 5 o'clock p.m. sharp, 8 Eastern sharp. This is in the evening. And uh, grab a couple of drinks, grab some snacks, and uh, settle in for a really fun, fun experience. Northern Voice, I will talk to you again very soon. Thank you for your attention. Talk to you later.